Howdy guys, I'm Aiden of Blue Couch Productions and welcome to the 32nd ever episode of Aiden on Anchor, the show where I tell you about my life story as well as my journey with this cool little app called Anchor. I'm currently filming this on November 16th, 2019, the time being 7.51pm. This is episode 32 and today... I don't really have much of a plan to talk about. I know it's been about a week since the last episode came out. Hope you all enjoyed it. It's kind of weird, kind of wild. I ranked cereal basically for 30 minutes. I did not expect it to take that long at all, but I got really invested in it. So we ended up doing that anyway. Uh, Today's episode, uh, the only really topic I had planned in mind was just to give you a little bit of uh, first impressions about Pokemon Sword and Shield. Granted, I am very early on. I was actually supposed to stream more today, but as of this point, I've only done about two hours of it. Uh, not two hours, two, two, the first two gyms, basically. I've played very little of the overall game. I've only just gotten started, and uh, this podcast is sort of going to chronicle my first impressions of the game so far. Not a full review or anything like that, although that will be coming later. But yeah, I'm going to talk about that. If you haven't played the game and you don't want to be spoiled, I'd advise skipping this section of the podcast, but if you don't care, or if you have played it and want to know my thoughts genuinely so far, well, this is the podcast to do it. After that, uh, I don't know quite what else to talk about. I guess we'll just wait and see. We'll just wait and see. But uh, yeah, without any further ado, let's go ahead and hop into that main topic. What are my impressions of Pokemon Sword and Shield? I clearly have been hyping up this game in the podcast and on my YouTube channel and on Discord and on Twitter, multiple platforms basically. I've talked about how excited I am for Pokemon Sword and Shield and now that it is finally out, now that it's officially released, now that I've gotten my hands on it and played it, what are my overall thoughts? I think for starters, my first main thought is it feels so nice to play a Pokemon game, a main series Pokemon game on a console granted the switch is a little bit of a hybrid it's technically portable as well but it is so awesome to have the switch there my pro controller in my hand and i'm just playing the game on a big ass tv my capture card is capturing it because it's an actual console and it's not like the 3ds where i got a point of phone on it and all sort of bullshit it's just a console game and that's dope now i've really appreciated that and you're not going to lose any of the portable aspects because of the nature of the switch so uh, you can still take it with you. You can still trade with other people. You can still bow with other people. Online stuff, I imagine, they're, they're, you're going to have to have Nintendo Switch online. But for the most part, the rest of it's Pokemon, but on a console. And I think that alone is a pretty big selling point for me, having played a lot more console games in recent years over handheld stuff. Um, having the Switch be the home to the, the next mainline Pokemon game, I think, has served the game rather well in my opinion just from that aspect alone but getting more into the actual like gameplay and stuff how is it specifically uh pretty good for the most part i'm having a good bit of fun with the game uh i've been loving the new pokemon that i've been seeing i've been enjoying the characters and a little bit of the story and how it's progressing again still very early on so i have no idea where any of it goes or whatever uh and i've just had a fun time exploring and really checking out all the new stuff i didn't go in spoiled at all which is really nice and i think that's kind of impacted how i felt about the game because going into sun and moon and ultra sun and moon all the surprises were revealed in trailers basically and and what wasn't ended up getting leaked later on so there really weren't any surprises in those games and while they were still good it definitely took a lot of the joy out of it for me having never seen some of these pokemon before and then going into route one and just 
seeing a new Pokemon for the first time ever and getting my reaction live on Twitch, which thank you to guys who watched that first Twitch stream. I promise I'll be doing more of them soon. But uh, just to see that, just to have that experience of seeing new Pokemon without the internet spoiling it or, or doing anything was so magical for me. It was like I was a kid playing the games on, on the Game Boy Advance and having never seen any of these Pokemon before and just discovery. There's so much discovery in this game. And that, and that even goes further into the wild area, which is sort of this open world section of the game where you have free reign of the camera you get to explore and go at your own pace there's no characters or anything to slow you down it's literally just big open area grass pokemon and raid battles essentially and i've only done a little bit of the raid battle so i can't really comment a whole lot on it but i will say i had a fun time exploring the wild area i haven't gotten into it fully because when you're streaming the game you're you know, you know you're just trying to make progress you're trying to be entertaining but in my own free time like i'm gonna spend a ton of time in the wild area already i was the type of person who just kind of wandered around in breath of the wild and the idea of sort of wandering around in a pokemon game sounds really fun um it doesn't look the best i will say that the wild area is definitely probably the ugliest part of the game overall just with you know sort of the rain and all the trees not looking their best and a couple of graphical issues here and there pokemon popping in occasionally it's definitely not refined visually yet but in terms of a gameplay concept, I really do like the idea of the wild area in particular, and I hope that it's more expanded upon in later games. I would love to see more things to do in it, or just even a bigger area altogether, or have a whole Pokemon game that's like this, because some of the most fun I had in Sword and Shield was in the wild area when it wasn't constricted to the story or the characters or the linear nature of it all. To be able to have a little bit of discovery and exploration in Pokemon again, which I felt have been extremely lacking in the most recent games. That was fun. It was really fun. I, I kind of wish there was more of it, even, one could argue. And aside from the wild area, I guess, the, the sort of main story that they have you go on uh, is, is pretty good for the most part. There is still a bit of tutorialness. There is still a bit of hand-holdy stuff. Nowhere near as bad as the Sun and Moon games and Ultra Sun and Moon. I found those games, like the whole first island is basically a tutorial, and you can't even have fun at all until you reach the second island and even then you're kind of you know fucking letter led the right way all the time whereas with sword and shield uh i felt like at a certain point once we reached the wild area basically we were kind of just let go to explore um uh, which made the the sort of reveal of the wild area and playing it a lot more fun for me because up until that point hop had kind of been leading us around been teaching us things about the game and all that sort of stuff and now that i'm here in the wild area i can just properly explore and, and have fun but yeah, after that, after the wild area sort of goes back and, and leaves and whatever, we we kind of go back to this more linear nature of Pokemon. And granted, Hop isn't hand-holding us anymore. We're kind of letting other characters show up and develop and stuff like that. But uh, it still is relatively linear for the most part. There is a distinct path that you have to go through every time. Uh, the towns only have a couple of side areas you can explore for the most part. There's not that many people to talk to. I found even the main area, like a motoscope or whatever, looks enormous. It looks big, but there's only really like two or three actual places you can go to, and you've pretty much seen it all. A lot of what you see in the city that looks so big is, is the background stuff. You can't actually go there. So part of that feels a little bit restrictive, and I feel like even some of the routes are a little bit restrictive in that you can't really go all these different areas. There's really only like an item to find or a patch of grass. And that's really about it. It's definitely not as open as older Pokemon games. Um, Gen 4 and earlier, I'd say. This was when we really got the best of exploration. 5 and onwards. Gen 5 had a good bit of exploration. I shouldn't lie. 
Um, Gen 6 and onwards, I felt like the exploration had kind of been lacking. And in, in routes and towns, it basically still is, unfortunately. Uh, but the tutorial handholdy stuff has definitely taken a backseat, which I like. And another thing that I really like about Sword and Shield is all just the quality of life improvements. The EXP share is on all the time. You don't get a choice of whether or not you want to turn it on or turn it off. And while that might sound restrictive, and while that might sound like a bad idea, ultimately I felt like the game was designed smartly enough around it to where it didn't feel like a big enough deal to me personally. What it did was it just got rid of a lot of the monotony and endless grinding that would typically go on in a Pokemon game in order to reach the next challenge or gym leader. Here, basically, no matter what, you are uh, always prepared for the next fight, which means you don't have to go out of your way to do grinding. Granted, like, you would think, oh, okay, well, if that's the case, then the gym leaders and stuff must be piss easy. And that's not true. Just because the EXP share gives you experience all the time, the, the major battles, the major story beats, the major characters are still relatively Pokemon for the most part. Like, it, it didn't even feel like the EXP share is on. So I felt like Game Freak at least thought about it. Now, can you still go out and grind? Yes. Will you infinitely crush the game if you do that? Yes. I chose not to, and I find that I've had a much funner experience avoiding the grinding, simply going throughout the story battles, and being right around the level that the game wants me to, and, and to me that's making me enjoy it a lot more. There just isn't as much monotony in Sword and Shield in general. A lot of the major headaches of older Pokemon games, the HMs, right? Uh, here, you can just fly to any part on the map uh, whenever you want, and you don't even get a long-ass animation, it just immediately goes right where it needs to. Um, TMs and HMs, uh, HMs aren't even a thing. TMs are still a thing. And now you even have TRs, which are basically how the old TMs used to work, where they only uh, break after one hit. But you get a lot of really cool TMs early on because of that. Like, you can get Seed Bomb and Waterfall super early on. You can only use it once, but you can get it really early. And so I found, like, even with competitive stuff, I've read into it, apparently, you can change natures and stuff with items. It's super easy to level up. Like... If you want to build a competitive team in Sword and Shield, you can do it in-game without wasting too much time, which is awesome. We've been inching closer and closer for that perfect sort of competitive utopia, and I feel like Sword and Shield is the first game that fully realized that. Sun and Moon got close, X and Y kind of started the ball rolling, but Sword and Shield is the one that goes all the way and says, no, we're just going to make it easy and fun for competitive players, and I really do appreciate that. Granted, a lot of that's in post-game, and I haven't gotten to it necessarily, but... All, all the all the hassles of uh, breeding and egg moves and name raiders and stuff are just available to you relatively early on in PCs and stuff. And so it just makes the game feel a lot more um, easily accessible, I guess. Some will say that the game is a bit dumbed down. Others will say it's a lot uh, more streamlined than other Pokemon games. And I can totally see that point. Uh, for me, honestly, though, I'm just having a fun time and I'm not getting lost in all the, the nitty gritty monotony uh, that Pokemon tends to have. A lot of the time and and the game still very much feels like a pokemon game the charm is still there the creature designs are still there couple of stinkers but there usually are a couple of stinkers in every decks granted haven't seen the whole decks yet uh but i really do like grookey and his evolution thwacky he might be my favorite mid evolution ever um and a lot of the new boys that i have come across have looked cute and have evolved into good mods i've been told that that isn't necessarily the case for a lot of later pokemon but we'll have to see I even got my hands on a Galarian Zigzagoon and was able to evolve it in Galarian Linoon. I can't wait to get Obstagoon really soon. He looks like such a dope Pokemon. Uh, but even like the bird, uh, he evolves into like Corviknight later on, which is dope. He's a great design for the most part. Um, there's a fox 
pretty much, and he's kind of like sassy starting out, but when you evolve him, he has a mustache and he's a thief, you know, shit like that where it's like most of the designs are either really cute or are badass at the same time. Um, I was worried that this dex was going to be pretty bad just based on what I was hearing, but so far, a lot of them have been standout hits, or, or at the very least, um, tolerable to other Pokemon games, I guess. I don't know if it'll be my favorite dex, again, very early on. But from what I've seen, I've enjoyed it. I, I even enjoy the box legendaries. They they show up relatively early as well, so I get you get a little bit of a sneak peek. Um, just a lot of stuff that that would that would be sacred in other Pokemon games, and Sword and Shield just isn't here. Like other Pokemon games, usually wait a while to introduce the champion. In Sword and Shield, he's like in the first cutscene, right? Other Pokemon games would have you do random encounters. In Sword and Shield, they're all out in the grass, just like in Let's Go, but there are little blips on the ground, and if you go to the blips, then it starts the random encounter. So it's the best of both worlds, where the random crowd still gets what they want, and everybody who wants to avoid the tedium of random battles can now just walk to a Pokemon. And there's even good selection, too. Uh, it's not just two or three Pokemon in a route anymore. It's like multiple guys that you can find at any point. Uh, just the selection, the variety of Pokemon. I know people are complaining about the National Dex cut, and that's fair and all, but like... I've had way, way too many options for my team so far. And I felt like a lot of people are going to feel the same way on their first playthrough, which is how many options are given, both from the new boys and from the old boys as well. A lot of the wild area, even, is just a lot of older Pokemon. So if you're a fan of that, you, you get access to the wild area pretty early on. You could have a team of old Pokemon in, in no time flat if you stay in the wild area. Um, there are even things like you can't catch Pokemon. Uh, they're too high level until you beat the gym badge, which I think kind of adds a bit more of an importance to gyms because not only can you not level up Pokemon to a certain level until you get the gym badge or they won't listen to you, but now you can't even catch them until you get the badge. So I don't know. I feel like it adds a little bit of importance uh, to it. And um, I don't know. It's just fun. You could still fight higher level Pokemon though. The game will let you get your ass kicked multiple times if you run into a big Onix or a big Snorlax out in the wild area. And you'll just have to deal with that, which is really cool. I like that a lot in Breath of the Wild where no matter where I went in the open area, I could go there, but I might get my ass kicked by this, the harder enemies and the tougher obstacles. The wild area kind of has a similar philosophy just with tougher Pokemon along the way. I'm not sure who the villain is. Team Yell is definitely a bit of an antagonist, I guess, for sure, but Marnie is fine. Uh, Bede's a bit of an asshole. He's an asshole rival, but I don't know if he's necessarily the villain. Uh, Chairman Rose is who I'm betting my money on to be the villain, just because he seems to own and control a lot of Galar and the uh, sort of Champions League, I guess. They are big on their sports in Galar, by the way. They love Pokemon battling to death. It is, it is by far the focus so far. But, uh... Yeah, even, even Chairman Rose has been relatively nice and even goofy. He, he's in the seaside town and he just kind of shows up and like flip-flops and a fucking sunglasses and shit. I'm like, I don't even know if he's the villain. Like, wh what villain would come out in a seaside town looking this goofy? Like, Olina maybe? I don't know. So I just had a lot of questions as to, as to who the villain is. My money is still on Chairman Rose, though, but we will see. We will see. But yeah, uh, that's basically all I can talk about. Uh, the gym leaders, I guess we can talk about them real quick. Um, both of the fights have been cool. I've enjoyed Dynamaxing a little bit to sort of spice up the last encounter, if you will. It kind of functions mainly like a normal gym battle until the final Pokemon. And uh, at that point, Dynamaxing essentially acts like the totem Pokemon from Sun and Moon, making the fight a little bit harder. Even if you have the correct type matchup, the fact that they're Dynamax means they can take more hits and dish out more damage. Dynamaxing is what I would describe basically as like Z-moves, but like bigger Pokemon. 
um, because all their moves get boosted when Dynamax, but they also get bigger as well, kind of like Megas. So it's a bit of a mix of the two. I would still have liked to have had Megas and Z moves in the game, um, but Dynamaxing is a fine replacement, I think. It doesn't look too overpowered, which is what I was worried about. It also isn't a major focus in the game either. You can only do it for gyms and raid battles, which means that in everyday battles, you can't just go fucking making your Pokemon huge, which I imagine was hardware concerns. But what it means for the actual game is that it's just regular Pokemon battles most of the time, and that's the type of shit I like. So I was worried Dynamaxing was just going to kind of come in and be shoehorned in and, and, and feel like too much of a focus. Um, no, Dynamaxing is just a thing you can do in this game in certain gym battles, and it makes those gym battles better, honestly. And not even the gym leaders themselves are better. Like, there's gym challenges now. So I was wondering how they were going to transition from Trials and Alola to these gyms back in Galar. And the, and the way they got around it was basically having a little challenge before the gym. So you still get the gym battle. You still get all the stuff you like about gyms. But before it, you have to do a little challenge, a.k.a. a trial. And they've been fun. Uh, the second one was a bit of a water valve puzzle that I got stuck on way too often. I spent like 30 minutes on that shit. And the first one is a fun kind of Wooloo herding minigame. So, yeah, I've been enjoying them. Uh, I hope to see that the rest of the gym challenges have a bit of variety. I would even like to see some that are a bit more battle-focused as well. But the idea of having a challenge before the gym, I think, is a really smart idea. And it kind of combines all the best parts about trials and all the good parts about gym battles and put them together. We even get introduced to all the gym leaders early on, too, as well. So, like, you get to know these guys beforehand. And so when you actually fight them, you remember seeing them in the opening ceremony. And now it feels like, oh, okay, cool. This is going to be, like, an actual battle now. You can talk to the gym leaders beforehand and kind of build up the stakes. All that good shit's still here as well, as always. Uh, Galar itself looks pretty good, for the most part. It, it definitely um, is not the prettiest Switch game, I will say that. Um, but I imagine as time goes on, Game Freak will continue to learn the hardware and kind of master it. There are a bit of some ugly spots in Sword and Shield, I'm not going to lie. There are parts where the graphics either feel like, number one, they're lacking, or they're 3DS quality, but in HD. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of, like, 3DS sort of game feel and, like, level design and route design that feel like it was taken out of the 3DS and put into a home console game. And uh, that stuff can be kind of distracting for the most part, but... When, when Sword and Shield wants to impress you with the big towns, with the spectacle moments, uh, with the lighting, or with the location, I find for the most part they, they hit the nail on the head. There are obviously exceptions like the wild area and such, but no, it's a fine-looking game. Galar can be very interesting to look at visually, uh, just from an art style perspective alone. I just wish maybe it's the resolution that's the issue, maybe it's the models that are the issue, um, but it clearly looks like there wasn't quite enough like polish right away. Um, but the art style really do sell the locations, and, and for that, I'm, I'm thankful for it. Again, haven't seen everything, but uh, so far, so good. I like how, too, how the towns have regular names now, so like Hellbury and, and Truffled and all that, like names I can remember. This is a nitpick, but older Pokemon games, uh, after Gen, right around Gen 5, Gen 6, and Gen 7, they all had really complicated names that I couldn't remember. Um, so it's nice to be able to, that'll probably f figure out how these towns are laid out and be able to remember the names for once. Uh, that's just, that's just a cool little thing though. But, uh, yeah, I could talk about this game for a lot longer if I wanted to, but I think I don't want to spoil every major thing. So I will say go play it for yourself. Go check out the new Pokemon. If you haven't been spoiled yet, 
please just play the game. Don't look at any of the Pokedex. Don't look at any of the story spoilers. Just go in as blind as possible because that's where I think you'll have the most fun with Sword and Shield is when you go in relatively blind and uh, experience the game for what it is, basically. But uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it. I hope to continue to enjoy it. Catch me on twitch.tv slash bluecouchproductions if you want to see me play the game a little bit more. But uh, otherwise, yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about with Sword and Shield. Um, what else I want to talk about? Oh, yeah. Um, this is a bit of a sadder one here, but uh, we found out when we, we were moving to the new house that we couldn't keep the pets with us. There's like a no pet rule, basically. Um, probably to keep the property value of the house up high in case they ever want to get a new renter or something, which sucks for us because we had like two dogs and two cats in particular. So this week has been kind of crazy trying to find them new homes. The cats in particular are going to be going to her granddad's house and that's fine. He doesn't live that far away. Uh, but the dogs are going to be a little bit farther away, maybe like 10 or so minutes, uh, a friend of my mom's house. So it's, it's been weirdly kind of quiet. At the new house, I'd say it's been a, it's been a little quieter, not as loud. Um, but you know what? I, I still I still miss those pets sometimes, and I kind of wish they were here. But like, you know, um, it's just given the house and what we had to deal with. It, ugh, man, it was a lot basically that hit us all at once, and 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 having those pets be gone when you have four and you go to zero like out of nowhere, it can kind of hit you relatively hard. So I I just. I, I guess I just want to say that if you do have pets, appreciate them while you can because you're not necessarily guaranteed to always have them forever. Like, pets don't last forever. Like, most most animals don't last, like, 10 years, right? Cats and dogs. Uh, some do. Um, most don't, basically. So just appreciate the time that you have. Um, but, yeah, that's a thing, I guess. I just wanted to briefly mention, because I know I was eventually getting questions about what happened and why why you guys haven't been seeing them in streams. There's the reason. So there you go. Uh, miss them dearly, but I think I'm adapting, I guess, slowly. Uh, waking up each day and not having a dog barking at me is kind of a plus, honestly. I can, I can sleep a lot better now that I don't have dogs running around and cats all over the place. Uh, the cats mostly lived outside, so it wasn't even that big of a deal with them either, but... Uh, it's definitely been a lot quieter, so I'm just trying to trying to adjust as well. I will also say too, I guess while while we're on the while we're on sort of what's been happening recently, I will be getting a new mic soon. So this might be the last A non anchor episode to be filmed with the Blue Yeti microphone. Uh, I've had this microphone for two years, two or three years on Blue Catch Productions. It's been three, hasn't it? Oh God, I'm getting old. Um, but this might be the last podcast recorded with it in particular. I got a new mic coming in from Amazon. Uh, had a bunch of address issues that were unfortunately really shitty and kind of delayed it a little bit. I wanted to have them by the time Sword Shield got out. That didn't happen. But I got most of them fixed today. And I should be having my new mic and my new boom arm return to this house. Ordered here on Monday. Monday is when I plan to get it. So by the time you listen to the next day on Anchor, I might have a new microphone letting you know uh the shock mount unfortunately will not be here for another week which sucks uh but that's the postal service's fault that had nothing to do with amazon or whatever ups uh the postal service is weird and when i tried to fix the address shit they're like all right it's fixed but now you're gonna have to wait another week or so and it's like shit that's awful 
but the important thing is I got the mic and the boom arm coming relatively soon, so that'll be good. So look forward to better audio quality on all my podcast stuff, Let's Play stuff, and any videos where I'm just in front of a webcam. Back to the video games won't change audio quality at all simply because I use DSLR microphones for that show in particular, so don't expect a difference there. But for any of my on-desk content like this, expect better audio. So yeah, uh, I'll probably give her, I might give a review next episode of the microphone. If I've, if I really like it or really don't like it, I might let you guys know what I think of it. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to let you know. That's the thing that's been happening. Uh, but I think that'll do it. Honestly, I don't really have too much else to talk about, and I don't want to drag out the episode any longer than it has to be. Um, if you want to hear more podcasty goodness from me, I'd recommend checking out another YouTube podcast. I do that with Zach. We talk about YouTube stuff. We just filmed another episode today. Probably be coming out relatively soon. Uh, or, if you like CW content, I just recently appeared on the newest episode of Titans in the Trash Bin, which is a podcast uh, starring Jay and Zach as they talk about the fucking titans show on dc universe it's not a cw show but it feels like one um so there's that basically uh, i talk about episode 11 of the show so if you're interested in that go check it out it's on all the different podcast platforms just search titans in the trash bin and if you want to find another youtube podcast just search that up and it'll be on all the podcast stuff as well but that'll do it for me everybody let me know if you like the episode somewhere on the internet descriptions to all my stuff will be featured in the link in the descriptions below go ahead and check all that stuff out i'm on twitter blue couch yt my youtube blue couch productions i produce a lot more content there and if you find that the episode is really good and you want to donate anchor allows that opportunity you do not have to it is not required but if you feel it in your heart to support the show there it is we're i think i'm at the point where i'm gonna stop saying that the podcast is not consistent enough i've really been enjoying it uh, so i'm cutting that out basically but uh, yeah i've been aiden of good old Blue Catch Productions, and I am signing out. Bye-bye.